On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we go full tout. We bring a former tout on, very controversial individual. Um, they were he was in a Showtime miniseries called Act. Oh, no, 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 actually, different guy. Rob Pizzola joins us, and we talk a little bit about blowback from the Seth Byrne episode. He talks about his uh, dalliances with Seville. And then we dive into some NFL, even though there's so many games off the board that we can't talk about that much. And with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where we're um, this is a touting episode because we're joined by a tout, um, Rob Pizzola. Sorry, sorry, Rob. Um, and Rufus, who is a wannabe tout, uh, they didn't. What happened? Schwimmer didn't want you to be a part of Jambos, and you wanted to be a part. I can't something remember something like which. that. Something like that. Uh, yeah, we're all touts at some level. Um, we're actually Rob and I are actually trying to guess what hotel Rufus is staying at. He claims it's five stars. We're trying to guess solely based on the artwork. Um, it's like it's like wannabe art. I mean, you say it's five stuff. It's like Mandalay Bay. It's got to be some. It's it's no. Ma- ma- is Mandalay Bay a five star? I don't. Mandalay think so. Bay is not a five star. No, we we were going win uh, Aria. Um, oh, it's Aria. It's Aria. No, no, but it's it's very close to Mandalay Bay. I'll. It's the, it's the Delano, the the little the offshoot of it. That's like Got their it. upscale, whatever. Got it. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was like one of those wannabe minimalists. We're so cool and chic hotels. I've never stayed here, but I met somebody on the plane like like last month who basically was raving. He's like, "Oh yeah, it's my favorite place to stay." Wait, over so, under cost of room ninety nine ninety five. Does that include resort fee? <laughs> So I'm guessing under with resort fee over. I think it's right around there total. It's so it's amazingly cheap right Hotels now. Hotels tonight. It's a, go, or... it's a ghost town. It's kind of sad. Well, this is actually a time of the year where Vegas is generally a ghost town. Well, the thing is here they normally have a bunch of conferences, but there's like no conferences in town, so like there's no weekday traffic. I think I heard Park MGM actually closed during the week. Oh my They're God, like closed Monday so to Thursday sad. now. It's yeah. Jeff, this is not your Vegas. It's well, not your, it's not your father's I Vegas. Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas in Mar- since Mar- uh, no, since probably February or, or even January. I don't think I've been since CES. It's crazy. It's the longest amount of time in my life that I haven't been to Vegas. Um, so let's start by giving Rob a chance to do a, a rebuttal. Um, we had Seth Byrne on. He kind of called Rob out as a as a, I, I actually didn't know that you formerly sold picks. I knew that you used to be an AM disc jockey or something like that, but I didn't <laughs> know you were actually formerly sold picks. So so tell me about that and, and tell me what your ultimate reaction to Seth was kind of calling you a both a uh, a lifetime loser and a tout, which I thought But not a goat at least, blower. At least one of them was unfair. I don't know which. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know really where to start with Seth Byrne. So Seth Byrne is obviously part of like the Seville community, which um, I, I think it's like a group of 30 people on the internet that think that they're the only people that win betting at sports and on the entire planet. Um, and it's, it's really weird because I actually have a positive relationship with some of those people privately. I'm not going to, you know, shed light on that or anything like that, but there's a subsection of that community that just absolutely hates me. Uh, and it stems from like when I was younger, uh, and I'm talking like six, seven years ago, I never had aspirations to be like a professional sports better. Uh, or make a living betting on sports. I, I wanted to build a brand in sports media, right? You're right, Jeff. Like I was a, a radio host and eventually did some TV in Canada uh, on a you know sports television network. But um, I, I didn't have really the slightest clue of what I was doing. And there was a lot of those guys specifically that saw me building a following and kind of trying to mentor me. And I didn't heed a lot of the advice, I guess, in the, their early days. Um, and... They've, they've resented so you're just me. basically you're a poor man's Jason McIntyre. Yeah, that's pretty much how <laughs> a lot of those guys would view me, essentially. Um, and I mean, that's fair, but so like it's it's interesting though when you were so it because I do think that like Seville at times has good intentions where they're basically trying to like make someone aware that like. RJ may not be the best person to quote on sports betting or on and on. So as they were trying to like usher you along, what was your reluctance to listen to them or? Um, probably that um, I was, I was able to build a, a brand for myself very quickly um, by going down those avenues. So I kind of see things from a different perspective now because I've, I've lived it. Um, just an example, but like, there's that Norm Gambles guy and, uh, that's part of a Seville community. I think he's a fellow Torontonian as well. Um, who might yeah, be I've been told he doesn't even gamble. Uh, I don't, I don't believe that to be true. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know much about him. How can he than... be called Norm Gambles if he doesn't gamble guys? That just Definitely. doesn't even make it's sense. It's ironic. It, he, that is actually maybe a little ironic, I guess, technically. Maybe. Sorry. He sent me like a really cryptic message once about like, I look forward to seeing you again or something like he has met me before or something, but I, I think he might be bipolar. He's got something going on there, but regardless, like when I was, um, this would have been around like 2013, 2014, where um, I started to do, um, I started to publish like my models outputs on my Twitter uh, handle and it was starting to grow bigger and um just different people started to reach out to me to have me on their shows, including some Vegas touts. Like I used to do a weekly uh, hit on Dave Koken, uh, who had Dave Koken show, who had a show. And Norm would reach out to me and he'd be like, you know, why are you, why are you going on this show and helping, you know, promote this scammers brand? And I, I'd respond and be like, I'm trying to build my own brand. And, you know, in hindsight, like if I could go back and re relive my life, I'd make a lot of decisions differently than what I ended up doing. But um, for me, would you I still come on this podcast? <laughs> if I knew we were going down this path tonight, maybe not. Um, no, <laughs> we're, I mean, we're going down it for, with an opportunity to give you a chance to tell your side of the story. That's all. We're not. Yeah, it's we're, just so we're, we're we're friends here. I mean, we're not. Sure. I hear you, Jeff. I mean, it's just so complicated with that group because, um, like there's Brett Favre 444 um, who used to be like uh, locked cover, cover lock, something he used to go by the name Dale Doback on Twitter. 
I used to DM with that guy every day for a year and a half. I, I would honestly admit to um, being able to model baseball well because of his guidance. Like he literally helped me on a day-to-day basis and, and um, in sharing numbers and sharing, you know, thought processes with him evolved into something I have, you know, developed a model that ended up being pretty good just based off of his feedback. And then we kind of had a falling out, um, you know, Groovin, rest in peace, like Seville guys, plug your ears. I know God forbid I talk about Groovin or anything like that, but I used to message Groovin every day for years. Do we know how he died? I, I, I don't want to speculate. I don't know. I, I think he was young. He's in his. I, I've heard. I, I know someone that knew him personally, but I don't. I don't think this is the place. I. I mean, I. Okay. Okay. It, was, it wasn't. It. it wasn't anything like. It wasn't. You know, it's not something that reflects poorly on him or anything like that. But. Well, let me rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, like, I and unfortunately, I had a falling out with Grubin towards. I mean, probably six months before he passed because. Um, he was delivered some like false information about me just in general. And, um, he, you know, he thought that I was some sort of scumbag because he was delivered something, um, but by someone else. And I never got to like, it's weird for me saying this, but like literally spoke to the guy every day for two years, never had a a phone conversation or any human interaction with him, nothing just through social media. Um, and then we like developed this hate for each other and then he eventually passed and, uh, I, I have a lot of relationships with these guys individually, uh, but as a collective, they seem to not like me in general. Part of it is the touting for sure. Like Seth is on the side of Seville where like, if you have touted in your life, you are dead to me, absolute scumbag, piece of shit, like goat blower, whatever he wants to call uh, people. Not yet. But that that's where he's on that side of the, the spectrum. Do you think it'd be hard for us to source a goat blower to say we have had a goat blower on the podcast? <laughs> I think we have to do it now. We got to find one. I mean, maybe I, just, I don't really know how you listeners that, like misconnections on Craigslist. Maybe we we can we, we can like anonymize them and have the little fake you know face. I was thing at a farm. I saw you next to a goat. <laughs> so so I, I'll I'll uh, I touted for one year exactly one year. Um, with Prediction Machine. So uh, you guys probably knew the previous founder of Prediction Machine. If, if oh, you yeah. Now I, now I remember the story. Was it the, the predictalator? Predict- well, that was the predictalator was the, the, <laughs> the machine itself. Um, but like, was as, it literally I, a machine or was it just an algorithm? It's just a Monte Carlo simulation. Like that's, right. that's really all it is. But um, I, like, I'll let you guys be the judge. I'll be as open and upfront as you guys. Uh, and, and this is the honest truth. I, I took over that business with the intention of trying to run a tout business, quote unquote, the right way. And that's the honest truth. So now, you're a poor man's swimmer then? Yes. So it, it, that's fine. You're a swimmer before yeah. there was a swimmer. But, but also who is more grounded in reality. Yes. And didn't pitch in the majors. So they're ah, Well, you don't have that going for you, Rob. Right. But, but, but you were, a, you were a, a disc jockey. He wasn't a disc jockey. Schwimmer has like flowing walks. Schwimmer wasn't any kind of jockey. Okay, sorry, Rob. You can finish. Rufus and I have ADD apparently. Well, like I'll (laughs) I'll just give you guys some examples, but I I got rid of um, short-term pick sales, right? I got rid of daily pick sales, weekly pick sales. It was monthly on. So things like that. I never promoted any short-term trends, period, in order to sell the product. It was always long-term. 
I rewrote all the models using what I was actually using to bet at that time. And in that year that I actually touted, unfortunately, there's no way of actually looking this up now because it's been the prediction machine's been sold and it's been changed. It's actually now been rebranded as prediction machine again. But we can go. We can go to the Wayback Machine. I, I, I can't access the admin anymore. So I mean, I'll I'll, I'll save you this. Like I, I think you like dabbled in something that you thought could be a legitimate business where you could help people. You realized that that probably wasn't true, and you moved on to betting your own stuff. And like it was a gateway for you to get into the industry. Um, there are a lot of people that get in the industry and don't like like cheetah. Cheetah's the same. Not the same story because Cheetah did it for longer, but Cheetah's like the most benign human, you know. So it's like there's no there's no ill will in that guy's body. So he just doesn't see things the same way other people do. I, feel. I, w- I will say this though. I mean, you know, if you talk to him and and you know, he says that Marco D'Angelo is like a really nice guy, a good human being, and like you know, a good family man and all that. And I don't doubt that. Like that he's, you know, I feel like once you get to know anybody or most people, you can you see a positive side of them. And so it becomes really hard to criticize people that you've, that you're, you're close to. And I think that's something that um, definitely is something that I, I struggle to criticize people that, that I know well. It's, it's, it's a hard thing though, right? Cause at the end of the day, you're talking about someone that's developed a livelihood based on like, that's what they do, you know? And so mm-hmm. their justification for what they do, like, I bet Marco believes he legitimately helps sports betters, you know, at some level. And like, and I, you know, everything I've heard about a lot of these guys is they're not bad dudes when you get to know them, but like at the core, the business itself is fraudulent, right? Which is like, ultimately the actual business is fraudulent. And that's the whole Sprager chart that everyone talks about. But but I I will, so I'll poke holes in the Sprager chart and I've actually had conversations with Sprager himself who, who now we don't, I, I think he's muted or something or he's blocked me or whatever, but we've had actually exchanges over DM about that chart before where I have said, I don't agree with this. And this was probably at the time that I was touting in general, but I think there's a lot of flaws that are, that I, I've pointed out, which he actually agreed with privately, but then publicly it's very different. Like a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense. It's like, um, you know, if the line doesn't move when, when, you know, this person touts the play or when this person let's, bets their play, then like, so let's, let's call, mean, call this out. Right. Because, uh, what's his name? Ed from right angle I thought went, we on Spanky's, went on Spanky's pod and everyone said it was good. And someone said that he doesn't like our pod. And, and he, he DM me very sensibly after the, the Seth Byrne episode debating the whole like no touts kind of thing. And I think at the core, there's probably two or three, pick sellers, touts out there, right? That actually provides some level of value if you know how to use the information, right? But the problem is they don't market the information in a way that someone would understand how to use it. They market it in a way, and I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but they market it in a way that if you bet their stuff, you can win, right? Which isn't the case necessarily, right? Yes. Go quite Rufus. No, no, I wanna hear what you have to say, Rob. Well, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. Like, I, I, um, I, I this is going to be very long-winded. I, I don't, I don't want to support the tote industry because I, I, I do agree with you guys in that. Like, there's 99% of the people selling picks either 
um, are scumbags in general and they know that they're, they're, I don't want to say misleading, but they're offering a product that is of no value and they don't care for one. And then there's the other people, uh, I won't even say his name, but I, I got into it on some, with someone on Twitter this week who I think they believe in what they're peddling. Uh, like they actually believe that they are providing oh. a service um, that people are going to win that off guy. of. But oh, like, then the better. That guy. No, not no, that no, 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 no. The, 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 the guy who, I, I, he, he basically like, he went out, he, he basically went after Rob and said all the ways Rob was dumb and how he was smart. And then I, and then I retweeted and said, I agree with Rob. Tell me how I'm dumb and you're smart. And he, was ben he was better. fantastic. No, no ben, the, ben the better doesn't tout. He's just like some Canadian, like teenager that works as a barista at Starbucks that throws out bets and loses at an astronomically high clip. Like you, Which you would takes talent. That, yeah, he, he has he is like one of the only people in the world that you can actually consistently fade and make a profit off of. You would expect a coin flipper to just be a coin flipper, but he has such a good uh, sense in picking the wrong side. But I'm talking about spread investor. I, I, I didn't really want to say his name, but I'll say it anyways, just because um, you're asking Jeff and the guy's an absolute clown. But the problem is like he, he believes in what he's doing, right? Um, like you, you read the narrative driven analysis and um, like, I'm sure that I don't know if the guy keeps records of himself. I'm sure he must, but like he got smoked in NFL last year. He got smoked in basketball last year, but it's a new year and he's like 22 and 11 in NFL. And that's what they're going to fall back on. And there's that always that segment of the population that, that gives a bad rap and always will to people who actually win and do it right. I know of someone he's in the gambling Twitter community that exclusively buys picks and bets them and wins because he's been able to identify winning pick sellers. So they wow. exist. And that's what I'm, I'm getting at. And I mean, okay. There it's out there, but the majority of people, like the, the average person doesn't know what to look for. Um, Does that person you think exclusively use the information from pick sellers or do you think they have other things that they do? Like have they had a long experience of understanding how to process this information? I think, um, yes, but so that's the point, right? Like, but, but it's learned. It's not, it's, it's been learned. It's been a process. I'm not, I think everyone's process, right. And getting back to the name of this podcast, right everyone's process is different, but if you have some sort of process and like there are pick sellers out there, right? Who ultimately have value in terms of their actual ability to, you know, take information and data and whatever. But the problem is that, that it's just really hard for the average better who's actually the one that's going to buy picks, the ones that are the lion's share of their customers to get any real value off of that. And ultimately, like, I don't know, yeah. it, it's, it, it'll, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out as the, as the market matures. But, you know, people give, people give Rufus and I crap because we do give up picks on the podcast or whatever. And, you Which know. apparently aren't doing very well this year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I've not I, won. I, I'm I'm down in football this year, so that's literally, literally the only thing that I'm winning in this year are NFL second halves, and we're we're crushing NFL second halves. That's damn. And it, it's See, I'm not even winning to either. the point where I literally just don't think I should actually bet our sides and like our pregame sides and just bet our second halves. Dude, go- golf is keeping the lights on for me. 
I'm on like I've had 16 of 17 winning weeks, but can we can we? It's move like the opposite for NFL. But can we could do a quick Masters recap then. Now yeah, wait, hold on. on. I want to uh, before like let's, I feel like you guys have been going back and forth. Let's finish this macro. I, I want to say what I had to say here, but first off. I mean, I compare it to sort of the people that like sold mortgage-backed securities and things like that, that they were convinced. Those people were convinced that what they, what they were doing was like giving people an opportunity. Do you that's, know what I mean? That's not, what, that's not a fair comparison. But, but so, what, what is, what's that saying? Like, um, oh God, I'm trying to remember the saying about The people how, that were selling mortgage-backed securities were, were, were like, I wouldn't say that Dr. Bob or Ed are equivalent to people that were selling more. No, no, no. I don't mean that. No, but I mean, I just, I meant more in terms of like, this is going back in the conversation five or 10 minutes, like the Marco DeAngelis of the world. The people like, if your livelihood is based on something, you will find a way to justify it and, and find a way to make yourself oh. a good guy. That's what I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm talking about the people that like, I bet even Vegas Dave finds a way to justify himself. Because you have to, because you have to live with yourself. I think that is the thing. No, Vegas Dave you have to find a way. Parents, you have you have to find you have to find parents. a way to justify what you're doing you to watched, yourself. You watch that Showtime show, but yeah. he's got a very close relationship with his parents. Well, the, I, I agree with the you, Rufus. Like, I, was, I, okay. I do, I do think that um, for the most part, I, I do think that there are just human beings that honestly they don't care, and they're very well aware of what they're doing, and they don't give a shit because they're making good money off of it. Like. Like they, they don't actually bother to consider whether what they do is ethical or like, exactly. what, okay. Like, like we, we live in the Twitter community. I don't know if you guys have seen like the Instagram tout community, which oh, is God. just like absurd with the amount of people that link to one another in this space, delete accounts, pop up new accounts after great run. Like it's just a massive like self-promotion and preying on people that like, you know, you can log in uh, and see some Tout's Instagram story where they're on a 50 and four run, like, which mm -hmm. we all know is, it's not happening, but there's a large portion of the pop, I don't want to say a large portion of the population, but there's at least a segment of the population that can believe that that is actually true and actually correct. And I think there are certainly people out there, there's a segment that just feasts off of those people. Then I do agree the majority though, Rufus, are the ones that, um, they believe in what they're selling, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, and did you guys see the um, this week the Senate hearings where Lindsey Graham was trying to shut down touting on Instagram? What kind of touting? Like sports bet touting. It was like one of the big things they're trying to shut down. I didn't see that. Yeah. No. I'm just kidding, but guys. I knew Come he was on, kidding. it's like, like a funny on. joke. Lindsey Graham, imagine it's like it's not April Fool's Day. But I, I don't know. Jeff Clay, he says it so seriously. It's almost impossible to, it's not even like a smirk or anything, just <laughs> stone face, like, okay. Wait, deadpan. okay. It's, before it's we move on, though, um, <laughs> the, wait, Jeff, before we move on, the other thing I wanted to say is that I know Ed gives me a lot of crap because I basically, like, whenever I say something about, you know, don't buy picks. And my point there is basically that, I mean, I, I'm not saying that all pick sellers are bad, but what I'm saying is it's going to do the most good if I tell like my followers to not buy picks, because if I say, Oh, there are exceptions, people like there will, they will find so many false positives. People that's, will be like, Oh, this person is going to be the, this is the exception. They will think that they're way more exceptions than they are. So I think like, obviously it is the nuanced discussion. I agree with Ed about that, but I do think overall to like, what does the least harm is telling people not to buy picks. That's the problem I have with Rib saying like that people are making money off of 
these pit sellers because it's a, it's a, such a small like, and it's just it's like hard to give people that hope, right? I I, I, agree. I I hear what you're saying, Jeff, and I completely agree with that. And honestly, people message me now, and I still tell them not to buy picks in general. I, I honestly say that to people who reach out, but like. I just, there is a percentage of the, of pick sellers, albeit small. What is it? What's that number? Less than 1%. Just okay. like the amount so, of betters that win. Listeners, but, think about how hard that is to find the less than 1%, especially when um, basically default anybody that's marketing themselves aggressively. Yep. Probably not that 1%. Like, in fact, out of the people that market themselves aggressively, what's the percentage, Rob? Oh, it's, it's, tiny. is it, is it even positive? It's, it's tiny. I, 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 Jeff asked me at the beginning, uh, relate regarding the Seth Burn thing. I will always defend myself on the pick selling standpoint because I honestly took an approach to try to help people as much as possible in the sense that I even put articles up on the website as to what a, a, like depending on your average bet, what clip you would have to hit at with subscription fees in order to be profit off of what we were selling for one. The problem that I, I encountered when I was touting in general and what I've learned and why I don't regret anything that I've done is it gives you a glimpse into what's out there and what, and, and people just largely don't give a shit. And that's one of the biggest problems is that you can, you can put a tool on a website that allows users to input their own sportsbooks lines so that they can get an accurate projection on that game or, or if there's an actual edge or not, but they don't care. Like on a daily basis, I'd get messages of, you know, what is this? Just give me the, tell me who to bet. Give me the side to bet. And I, I think there's an education problem for one, like some, no one understands the difference between betting you know, Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half versus seven and a half, even though it seems like common sense, but the average person just wants to be on the same side. Well, do you know what uh, they think, Rob? They think, well, how, what is the likelihood that this game actually falls on the seven? Well, most like, more than likely, you know, very, very, very more than likely, it's not going to fall on the seven, so it won't matter. They don't realize right, that, right. that, like, that, that 5% like or whatever, 4%, I don't know what it is exactly, I don't remember, but, or I don't know if we're talking about NFL or college, but is going to make the difference between winning and losing. But, but even on this podcast, Rufus, like you, you will say things sometimes like I got four earlier in the week and the number is now three. I will guarantee you that there are tons of people who listen to that, that are going to go out and bet that side regardless, even though you say that you don't even have an edge anymore, just because they want to be on the same side as you. And I get that doing Sunday morning periscopes in the NFL. I start every week and I say, like, I, I, I want to deliver some sort of content for NFL. A lot of people message me and they find that uh, informative in the way that I break down games and they understanding the process. But a lot of times I will say I lead in some way and I don't have an edge. And then I'll get messages in my DMs afterwards, like, thanks for that pick today. Or, you know, thanks for the Falcons or thanks for the Bucks. And I'm like, I didn't bet those. I didn't recommend betting those. And they're like, oh, I could tell by the way that you were talking that you kind of liked it. And it's like, no, like I didn't. And, and that's just the reality of the gambling space right now, or the sports betting space is there are not many people who want to put in the actual work. And it, that's where we're at. I think we're in, the, in, this pay, in this spot of like trying to educate as much as possible. But then there's 
like if you're a pro better, how much do you want to educate the population? Like be completely, I, I don't mind giving away some stuff. And I, I do talk about a lot of that stuff, but I don't want to give away how I do everything and my entire process into everything. So it's a, it's a balancing act as well. And um, I don't know, it's there. I, I could talk about this topic for days. Um, I, I, honestly, I, and you guys can cut this out if you don't want me to bring it up, but um and I'm only bringing up, I have no investment in this brand or anything, but it's friends of mine and it's vet stamp um, who are tracking your guys picks for the show. But it's why I'm kind of loving the app idea that they have there where they're forcing pick sellers to actually verify that those picks are, are real um, and stamped at the time and tracking everything. That's like trying to at least allow a pick buyer to make a more informed decision on who they're buying picks from. Now, I get, wait, I get that, Rob, but the question, the, the, I mean, the issue, and I, I know these guys and I've talked to them, and the question is, how do you get the Vegas Daves of the world, the people that are scamming, to actually sign up for that? And you won't. Like, and so so just to, count, be, to, to yeah. be fair, Rob, Rufus has had this idea for Vetstamp in so many different versions, right? Like, he's wanted to do this at some level, right, and validate this. And I think A watchdog, we all, right. we all want that idea right which is to have some accountability for what for what you're betting or what you're picking and um like i think we all want that but the the logistics of doing it and creating a business around it are really hard because at some level you have to monetize that and how are you monetizing it you're probably monetizing it via relationships with sports books which throws the whole thing out the window jeff remember when i came to you like I came to you with this idea before the night or the idea of a sort of tout watchdog before. And then you were like, Oh, and we can have a podcast and we ended up having a podcast, but no tout watchdog. The, 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 gambling- the tout watchdog thing was too much work. Yeah, it was. I mean, just like making t-shirts way too much work. Too much work. The, the, the gambling community and like guys like you, Rufus, myself, people with big followings collectively have to, and I'm not saying it has to be bet stamp or bet spurts or whatever the brand Why'd is. Why'd you take me out of that, Rob? And Jeff. Thanks. And Jeff. Apparently they don't track your picks, Jeff, only mine. That's what well, they, the guy messaged me about. <laughs> I was like, what, what happens on the picks where Jeff and I disagree? <laughs> I, I was like, like shit, I'd like sl- they went I'd with like mine. We would have had a better record like, if they went with Jeff's. I'd like somehow managed to slide under the radar of actually being a better, which is totally fine with me. What, what I'm, we have to collectively make something the source of the truth and almost shame people that, that don't have their, their place yeah. on whatever the source of the truth is. And that's just got to get, that's got to be what this becomes. It has to be point. big, right? It's it got to be, be big. And it's got to be like, if you are not tracking your picks on this site, you are not an authentic pick seller, period. And no one should buy picks from you. And they have to be shamed by everyone in the community. And that's, that's the only way we get to some place where at least the the buyer and the market is always going to exist for pick buying. But I mean, I think I need to I need to enlighten you at some point about this idea we have, and we and I need to clue you guys in on this because we had I had a big meeting with Cheetah on this big new thing that we're going to do. So I'll just do that as a spoiler, and we won't tell you what it is, and I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Can we can we go wait, to actually wait, talking about sports? So can we talk really, about wait, really quickly before we go while we're on this topic? I feel like we we owe it. I mean, so Ed basically he says that free picks, the free pick people are just as bad as the pick sellers, and I kind of disagree because I think the free picks people are you know people 
are just paying the juice. They're flipping a coin. They're paying for some, they're, they're, they're just using somebody else's coin toss rather than paying for somebody else to, co- to toss the coin. Now, his point was that, that they're bet, like they are betting because of these free picks. And if the people didn't give out the free picks, they wouldn't be betting. And I'm not sure about that. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't I, know if there's I mean, a way I, to know. I, his, the point of view that there's some moral responsibility to what you do when you give out picks, irregardless of whether they're free or paid for, I, I agree with 100%. Irregardless I, mean, I gave out picks on the Tony Kornheiser show, which that which you're talked about, Rufus. On oh, I, right? I want to I want to see that um, water polo picture from 1989. Why Why do people say that? It sounds creepy when they say that. Because <laughs> a water polo picture is going to be me in like a speedo. So the fact <laughs> exactly, that you're that, Rufus, is so creepy to me. I want to see teenage Jeff in a speedo. Okay, I just want... let's let's move on. Okay, let's move on. In no way, shape, or form does that seem normal. Um, Masters, how did, how did Masters go for you guys? Uh, for me, I, I, I lost, but I mean, I, I've been off of golf now since football started. Um, I've, I've always been, like, Rufus does a much better job of balancing all these sports at once than I do. Than oh, I, do. I don't anymore. I basically oh. am golf and, like, in, in a little bit of football, but mostly golf. It's yeah, so hard to balance. Like, I've realized that it is hard to be a generalist in this space. It was a lot easier five years ago, 10 years ago when you could be, you could be like good, pretty good at a bunch of things and make, and that was good enough to make money. It isn't anymore. I, I, at this point for me, it's more about partnerships with sports that I don't work on. So like, for example, I have a cut of somebody's NBA who I, I feel very strongly about. Uh, they get a piece of my NHL. Like that's kind of just the relationships I've made in order to, get down on different sports, but in order for me to focus my attention on all these things at once, I can't. So once, uh, once NFL started, I kind of eased up on golf just in general. And I spent most of the week, honestly, just like I wanted to be betting on the masters. So I was just picking off like stale outright numbers, wherever I could find them just to have some sort of rooting interest. And I lost a bunch of money, but whatever. You had to have an opinion on Bryson DeChambeau, though. I mean, because literally everybody did, and I don't think anybody's opinion is based on data there because there's, yeah. you know, it's pseudo data. Everybody's just like pseudo analytical for it, Bryson. It, it, it doesn't matter now, like pat on the back, whatever. Like I thought, I didn't think Bryson w- was deserving of the, the price tag that he had just in general. People thought it was because of his length, he was just going to absolutely carve up this course. And um, I wasn't one of those. But, uh, yeah. But you had him 30 to one from a number you got earlier, probably. I did. Yeah. I got okay. yeah. <laughs> just like everyone uh, who realized what was going on early in the year, um, getting all those, those Bryson numbers, but whatever it is, what it is. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk NFL. That's why we have you on. Um, <laughs> I no mean, we're going to end up going through all the games. Yeah, no, nobody wants to hear about Rufus. No, it's okay. Rufus, I, like, I had a winning week 16 of the last 17 weeks. Jeff's like, let's just move on to NFL. No one wants I mean, to. Rufus the Masters, not, not, not for uh, not, NFL has been like a losing week seven of the last eight weeks. So actually last well, week like, was we a winning need, NFL week. The one day we didn't, you know, the one week Rufus, we didn't actually I, give I watched your, uh, I watched the opening line that you did for the pinnacle uh, thing. Yeah, and you were like you went five and zero last week, and I I had a bad week last week. I lost last week, and it's it's just hilarious how we always seem to end up on like opposite sides. Yeah, it's like it's like that Seinfeld episode where like 
Jerry's life just keeps balancing out. Uh, and it's like, whenever you're winning, I'm losing whenever I'm, I'm winning. Yeah, Jerry and George have that life basically. Right. So yeah, but it's, I mean, Rob, I, I feel like the we're problem, on different, we're, we're getting problem, different. We're on different numbers at different times too. I think that's probably a big part of it. The problem with going through Rufus's golf, like picks is like, it's, we just don't need a free rule his life anymore. Like, it's like, you know, I only, he only, we only celebrate with him when he wins. He never talks about when he loses. Oh yeah. I'm t- by the way, I'm two and oh on the jets this year. Cause you know, I, I, you know, cause the first pick, it wasn't, it was the whole series of picks. That's one pick, right? Well, like, you mark, loss, you loss, loss, him. loss, 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 win. That series is a win. As and long as you're arguing, you're up on the Jets right now. Exactly. Let, let's move on to the NFL because I'd like to talk about, about the that. NFL. Okay. Thursday night, Seattle Seahawks minus three against Arizona. Um, I like Seattle personally. I don't know how you guys feel about it. We took Seattle minus four plus 118. When I say we, I mean, I had nothing to do with it. It was my numbers being used, but I mean, I am – betting it but you know it's minus three minus 110 right now which is a better number than minus four minus 118 plus 118 minus four plus 118 still a better number i think you're right i'll pull out my sheet to make sure i'm guessing it's definitely a better number i mean i got the three three is worth about 20 cents right like 21 what's it now let's see half point yeah 20 20 cents Four, six cents, 20, yeah. yeah. Carry the one, dot the I. So what's basically 26 and a half cents? We're listening to Rufus Plus 118, minus one. So slightly better, actually, Jeff. CLV. There you go. There you go. Boom. Rob, what say you? Uh, so I, I took uh, Cardinals plus three and a half, minus 109 on Monday morning. Uh, purely speculation driven um, thought the line would move the way it was, but as the week has gone on, I, I actually do like the Cardinals side, at least at the number I got them. I don't know if I'd bet them at three, but um, just in general with the injuries that the Seahawks have, especially in their secondary, probably without both starting corners again this week, uh, trying to cover DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk without both your starting corners is a problem. Uh, they're down their starting center. They're down their backup center. Tyler Lockett's not practicing, which will just make it even easier to take out DK Metcalf, which Patrick Peterson did a, a few weeks back when they played. Um, I'm you know, still- did you remember that uh, DK Metcalf chased down Buda Baker? I don't know if you guys saw that clip, but he chased him down. I rarely get up out of my seat when I watch sports, and that was the first time in a long time that I actually stood up like while I was watching a play develop and happen and one of the best plays I've seen in a long time, but uh, I'm still generally high on Seattle going forwards. I just don't like them for this week. Just do so your Most of your value there is generated by the injuries, injury stuff. Yeah. 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 So if, they, I, if there were no injuries and I know that's a ridiculous statement, but if there were no injuries, you probably would like Seattle there. Yeah. So just to put it into perspective, I, they played what three weeks ago and I laid minus three and a half plus one Oh four with Seattle against Arizona three weeks ago. Um, I don't Seattle have was on the road. Yeah, I mean, my, my home field advantage is, is, is pretty low. What happened in that game? Did, did Seattle cover or not? I can't even no, remember. Arizona won outright, but they no, were – No, I know. I'm just kidding. That was like a pain. Well, I think all fun. of us were on, were on Seattle in that game. There, there was, there was the, the penalty on the, on the field goal, 
right? Like the idiot hit yeah. the center. No, I, I re- like my point to you is I remember it in the okay. most painstaking detail. Yeah. I remember Bobby Wagner getting the most ridiculous, unnecessary roughness call on like a, a play where the wide, like he didn't even hit the wide receiver that hard. He just like hit the wide receiver or whatever coming across. And I think you tweeted about it, like yeah. about like, oh yeah, how is he even supposed to know that? And yeah. like, that, that's what Rob does for the community. He tweets out play-by-play things that everybody's I, I already watching, right? I have a notification right? set up for Rob, so I know when he tweets. Whatever Scott Hansen could, could tell the Red Zone audience, that's what I tweet out. Uh, that's the only purpose of my Twitter account uh, nowadays. Personally, to- I like it. I, you know, if something happens, when something happens, I pull up my Twitter. I'm like, like that DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> catch, first thing I do, I pull up my Twitter. I'm like, what are, like I just want to see everybody be like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just been my brand for a long time now. I like to watch in real time and just comment on what I'm seeing, whatever. I mean, so, okay, let's, let's go through the slate. So here's the question. Are they counting this as a pick for me on Seattle? By the way, the number I have is minus 4.3. So I actually don't even know why my partner bet it. Maybe it was an off market number that he got that he thought like, you know, cause it wouldn't have normally been a bet for us. Do you know what I mean? So I think the way it's counted is if, if you still like it at current market price, they'll count it. But if you say no. like, see, honestly, I don't, I don't even like that. He bet it. <laughs> we, we bet it, but. <laughs> well, it's time to find a new partner, Rufus. Yeah. It sounds like this is a you problem. That's so honestly, it's, it's, problem. it's probably that he got an off market number and we had to lean that way. That's my guess. Yeah. I mean, that makes, as I said, Rob, as you said, it's hard I, to do all the sports. I'm going to say something about this game in particular. Um, so you guys know I run Sims for NFL as well, but um, I, I have upgraded. Uh, sorry, I, this could be wrong, completely wrong. And there's a lot of subjective work that goes into my NFL. But I think Seattle's going to run the ball more this week than they have been in the past, um, which probably plays into me liking Arizona a little bit more. Um, just based off commentary from Pete Carroll this week and the fact that they have Chris Carson back this week as well. I think you'll see more early down running, especially to take. And, that's, and we all know that's bad, right? Because they're, they're, it's an overreaction don't, of the fact don't that bury it didn't the lead. work. We all know that that's fact. bad. Of course it's bad. It's because I know, but like, passing people didn't work last week. don't all know that that's bad. Like, people don't know that that's like establish the run. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I mean, come on. It's a good well, zig, when, zig when all the smart people are zagging. Well, that's going to be the, like, that's the theme now, right? Russell Wilson is struggling. We got to take some of the pressure off of him. The reality is, I think uh, I'll give credit to Kevin Cole, um, who tweeted it this week, the breakdown of of Russell Wilson's EPA uh, by down. And like first and second down are absolutely through the roof. And it's third down where he's really been struggling lately. It'll be hilarious that they're doing so well on first and second down. And then they'll just switch. I want to bet out of this game right now. In recent years. I'm out on this game. If I, if I can get like, if this goes at all to Seattle, I'm getting out of this game. In recent years, it was always Seattle running the ball on first and second down and Russ having to make magic happen on third down. Yeah. So it's, it, it's funny that it's going. Out so that seems more familiar for him. So, yep. yeah. Um, okay. What about. He gets the, tired from too many downs. What about the new Orleans saints minus five with uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback. Taysom uh, Hill. Yeah. They didn't make it. They just announced it. Did they announce it? Yeah, he started. Oh, no way. Yeah. They did not announce that. I'm just kidding. Of course. That, like, there's no quarterback controversy. Jameis yeah. is the starter. Jameis is the starter. Like, yeah, the Taysom is... Hill is like the change of – he's Tim Tebow. He's not Tim Tebow. 
He's Mormon, and Tim Tebow's like Christian. They couldn't be any further. Well, wait, wait. Isn't uh, wait. Is Mormon... Tim Tebow throws with his left hand. Taysom Hill throws with his right hand. Like, there's a lot of di- differences yeah. between the two. Taysom I'm Hill's Googling... black. Uh, Tim Tebow's white. Wait, I, I'm I'm literally googling are Mormons Christian. <laughs> it says that they Mormons assert that they are Christian. So, have you got? Has nobody? You guys haven't seen Book of Mormon? Did no one watch that? I have not seen. I mean, it. a lot of people watched it. Oh man, that is like it's do it like i mean it's it's it was a thing five years ago but uh, i saw it actually when i was in london last year it was amazing like it's the best i'm not a big musicals guys fucking hilarious musical man it was really really okay can we can we get back to telling me i need to watch yes new orleans and atlanta um i'm sorry i like new orleans i'm not in love with the side i i'm not in love either I'm, i'm high on both of these teams if i'm if i'm being honest um, re- what I'm really liking here, and I don't, I don't know why the under drew a lot of money today, but I, I kind of really like the over here. Like, I think Jameis stretches the field a lot more than Drew Brees does. Brees is very efficient. Do you think they're going to let wait, do you him, think, though? Yeah, they're not. That's like, the look, question look, that they're, I they're, they're basically putting, like, he, he's the guy who's taking behind the wheel. He's got the guy next to him, the, the learn-to-drive guy who has the brake there. He could say, hey, Jameis, you're going a little too fast. We're going to press the brake for you. I don't think that works with Jameis, to be honest I mean, with you. Look, that's what they did the second half last week. Oh, yeah. They I mean, ran the ball. They ran the ball. But um, also, Rufus, of the you time. know how it works, right? They were up seven like points, they, yes. They also put a game plan in with Breeze as the quarterback. They're not – Okay, ch- but, but he look didn't at take first-team reps, so they're probably not going to put things in that are super risky that need multiple reads or whatever. But, okay, they're playing a game they expect to win. If they were playing, like – if they were playing the Steelers or the Rams or playing a, t- a game that, you know, or the Chiefs, like a game that was going to be tougher, I think that's one thing. But if you look at what Sean Payton did last year when Breeze was injured with Teddy Bridgewater, it was very much a, like, run, play action. It was yeah. not a – it I mean, was they're not very different. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's yeah. check down his entire yeah. his His whole uh, life. I'm just saying I saw from Jameis – check the ball down. I saw from Jameis last week basically the same thing I saw the Saints doing without Bridgewater. Or okay, without I'll take the over Breeze with Rib. You can take the under. What's the what's what's the total 50, at right now? Fifty right now. Okay, I don't have an so, opinion there. So so here, here's the thing for me. This is just a very arbitrary thing, I guess. But if you strip out the first month of the season, again, arbitrary, whatever. <laughs> Atlanta's first That's, in the year. You're such a tout, like arbitrary. Can, can we can we like strip it. out like? Can we no, just but, strip out like the four? But there's PM a reason games? for it. There's a reason for it because Dan Quinn was Atlanta's coach. So if, if we look at post Dan Quinn for Atlanta, they're first in EPA per dropback. They now granted, easy schedule. Yeah, who they play? Throwing the ball a lot more. They're working to the strengths of that offense, in my opinion, a lot more in general. Calvin Ridley practice today looks good looks like he's going to play so they have the full offensive complement for Matt Ryan this week and that's been an offense that has been moving the ball downfield so if the Saints are going to come in and just like try to run the ball and hand off they're probably going to get into some sort of game state where they're going to be playing from behind at which point Winston is either airing it out or he's turning it over both both which help the over in my opinion but both yeah, possibly. Like, I mean, we saw a lot like of that. So what would you take the over/under on Winston touchdown passes to Falcons versus Saints? 
Would you take, would you take, uh, would it be like one and a half? I guess it's like you have to, you just have to think that he'll like have Wait. whatever. Yeah, that's, that's a dumb thing. Oh, the thing, touchdown pass. Is his touchdown joke. passes even one and a half? I mean, they're going to put Taysom Hill in probably in the red zone anyway. I thought maybe Taysom Hill, didn't someone just say on this podcast Taysom Hill will start it? It was you. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's move on to games wait, that, I, that I, I normally love the Saints. I don't, I'm not betting them here. I make it 6.9. Oh, you, so, but you're on, you're on the end of value on the Saints. I'm on the end of value on the Falcons. And I had a well, massive, but I have like five points of value on the Saints every week, allegedly. Okay, no, well, that I mean, if that, if I liked the, the Saints before it was popular. So I liked I, I liked I I thought the Saints were the best team in the league before they became the number one DV. I mean, everyone on this podcast was on the Saints against Tampa. I'm sure. And I just want to say, exactly. I liked the Jets. Before it was popular too, it still isn't popular. But <laughs> okay, let, let's move on to some games that Rib likes. Um, wow, it's gonna be hard. Um, you don't like this slate? Well, I mean, half the games are off the board this week. Yeah, it's who well, doesn't why, have COVID? That's the real question. Why is there not a number on Baltimore, Tennessee? That's what I want. Let's assume all, that number six and a half, which it was earlier. What I, I, I already got as much six and a half on Tennessee as I could. I'll, I'll, be upfront with that um yeah i don't like i don't want to overreact to one week like i don't but also tennessee looked pretty shitty last week against the colts but the ravens offense has some serious problems right now like and they're laying six and a half points i i they are below average league offense right now what what, what is happening what is going on that that's happened right like because the their defense doesn't even look particularly good right well, they've lost some pieces on defense as well, which is going to hurt them going forwards. And uh, I know Brandon Davids said their low, nose tackle left last week's game, and then pretty much they couldn't stop the run after that happened either. So there's some injuries for them that have piled up. Jimmy Smith didn't play last week. Um, they have some cornerback concerns going into this week. They have a lot of concerns, but Rufus is right. I mean, they lose their left tackle. Um, but just in general, like, is this just one of those things where – a team had like teams had an entire off season to look at the Ravens offense and, and figure them out. Like, I don't know. I just remember last year, the windows that Lamar was getting a throw into were so big. Yep. And I was like, it was just, and now he doesn't look, it looks, he looks terrible well, when I mean, he throws the ball. The se- I mean, it's no secret that he likes throwing the ball between the numbers. Like so you get him. Yeah. Th- yeah. I mean, if I was the defense, I'd make him make those throws to the outside, and I think that's what teams are I mean, doing. when you think about this Tennessee game, like, do you think about last year when they matched up in the playoffs? And that's – no, it's just what's happening this year. It didn't come to mind. Like, Tennessee kind of got lucky in that game in the playoffs. I mean, there was, there was a lot of turnovers, and there was all those fourth downs that the Ravens went for and just didn't convert. So there's a lot of variance in that game in particular. Tennessee had some big – Really highly leveraged plays. Exactly. I, that I, Raymond I like pass the, was insane, you know. I don't like the Titans' defense much. Um, there, there's potential for maybe this to be a game where the Ravens' offense wakes up. But, there, like I said, there's some serious injury concerns on the Ravens' defense right now where I think Tennessee's going to be able to, to move the ball on them. So, like, six and a half points, that's, uh, I don't know, that's, that seems just, like, way too much um, for the state of this Baltimore team right now. I think – yeah. I have a question for you guys. Do you think, like, the Ravens, I would say, are a team that's kind of built on physicality. I mean, they're built on Lamar Jackson, but also being physical at, like, 
on both the, like having good line play. Do you think a team like that is more fragile than a team that's more built on, on scheme and um, skill players, I guess? Like, I mean, I know obviously they have like taking away the quarterback position, I guess. Like, because if they get injured up front, I mean, Rufus, like, you're like just you're like detailing narratives that don't mean anything. I, like, I'm just curious. Oh, no, I thought about this this week. Does. I mean, I mean, maybe there's something there. I it, it's not something I've ever thought of, but like the Steelers have been that team for like a decade and a half now, right? It's there's actually there's I'm not a big fan. But, but that's not that's not. I mean, the the Steelers have had some really good passing offenses. They have, but they've also been a very, very physical team. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a big trends guy, Jeff. You, you obviously know that about me. But there's one, what I always think about, and it's the team's record against the spread in games after they play Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is going back since the start of Mike Tomlin being the coach for them. And it, it's like an absurdly low percentage for teams in their game following Pittsburgh. And I wonder if there's some sort of physical component. Maybe not. Maybe it's just complete noise. I mean, it's still a small sample, even over the course of 15 years, because um, the amount of games is small. I think, it's, I think it's noise. Can you – I mean, I like the narrative. Like, the question is, are there other physical teams that you would look at? Like, How are you before, guys measuring physical? It's like complete narrative to measure physical. Play. I mean, I, I think – Wait, mean, but I think how are you measuring physical, line play, Rufus? I'm not. I'm I'm counting on McRib to do it. No, but you're saying like you're you're like a victim of you like it's like it's crazy to me that you guys are talking about this narrative now. No, but we're theorizing, I, I, Jeff. We're th- okay. I'm gonna say this, like Jeff. Do you know how I get edges betting on sports? I come I up with ideas. Do. I have I've ideas. Lived, I've seen your house. You live in the combat zone in Boston. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's why I got out of there. <laughs> No, I mean, part of it is like thinking critically, having ideas and testing them. And, yes, and, and finding things that are not incorporated by the market. Yes. I get it. But you guys keep talking about physicality and you haven't given me any measure of how you're measuring physicality. You're completely maybe, banking maybe, on narratives. Maybe if you're I was asking like back, what Chris Collins, Chris Collinsworth says. So if, if I was going to think of something, maybe we look at concussions in the game following um, and, and determine that as a like think about those Steelers AFC North games like just from the eye test yeah. right like those those Steelers Bengals games. games but then the Bengals right the Bengals drop dr- yeah. draw Vontez any team with Vontez perfect, perfect, perfect. Right? Like, any perfect. team with perfect is a physical any, team with perfect <laughs> strangers it's like Perfect was laying out people like three seconds after the plays were over he comes <laughs> and finish every hit when like it, it was insane. Guys were getting up off the ground, and he was still finishing. The He's hit. like Greg Williams's dream linebacker. <laughs> oh man, Vontez perfect. Honestly, there's that was the funniest thing about like the Greg Williams, and they were like, "Huh, his team leads the league in uh, in, <laughs> in quarterback <laughs> rushing the passer, roughing the passer calls." It's like strange that that would happen. <laughs> it's strange that they there's still like, get so many unnecessary roughness penalties. Yeah, there's like two dozen NFL. I don't know players. why. Two dozen NFL players that have lost like ten years or more of life expectancy because of Vontez Perfect. I'm not like I thought you were going to say because of Greg Williams, and I was like, well, "Well, probably that too. too. But Perfect was the like prototype. Like he did not give a shit. He gets suspended. He come back first game and like just completely oblivious. Like wanted to kill guys on the field. 
Well, and the, the thing is, he's actually killing himself too while doing that. That's It's like a kamikaze move. If you lead with your head, you're going to get just as fucked up as the other guy. It's true. Uh, okay. Okay, so any, next game. Any next other game. games that you got that are on the board still? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, I could talk about any of the games here. And I, I kind of have like a, a small opinion on a lot of these games, but how about the, how about the Patriots, right? Why are, why are the Patriots favored? That's what I'm going to say. What, what, where's, okay, I gotta find this number. The Patriots are now down to one and a half. So oh, I'm on Houston. Yes, we agree. Yeah, like this is one. this is a troubling trend. <laughs> well, I guess the Patriots are favored because they beat Baltimore last week. Houston sucks. I mean, they could, they can't beat anyone except for Jacksonville. But who are the Patriots? Like the Patriots too. Like we're so quick to forget in the NFL. Like two weeks ago, this team almost lost to Rufus's Jets. No, but can I, can I give you? Can I give you? So this goes back to like the five weeks before that. We my my personal nemesis in life, right? At this point, is Ed Teach because like it's like <laughs> listening to him talk about Trump and how Trump should have won, and then you know talking about uh, like the Brady versus Belichick thing. So now let's just take out the fact that 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 Belichick is the actual GM also of the Patriots, and let's just pretend there was some other GM there. What Belichick has done this year, like literally they could be what seven and two right now pretty easily. The the two games that they I mean, what like they against Denver, they had a game winning drive, which like Cam okay, but, could, but Jeff, we're talking about Denver. Like we're saying Okay, fine. Denver. They they were they were a Cam short goal line away from winning. Against they were yeah. a Cam like at the seven yard line fumbling away from winning against Buffalo. Yep. Right. And then the only two games they lost that were definitive were were the Niners, which they look horseshit in, and and the Chiefs, where they didn't have Cam and it was like the whole COVID thing. I mean So like my my counter to you would be that the Patriots have been in every game and, and even in the heyday of, of the Belichick they would lose. They would win games like that against the Jets, ugly, like where they would be like in a situation, like maybe not quite that bad, but they would win ugly at times. So I don't, I haven't, I don't know what I haven't looked at the numbers yet for that game. But like, what are you guys saying that you think that that uh, Houston should be a couple point favorite in that game? Well, I, I think if you look at at the teams. Um, there's only one unit that ranks out as a net positive on either team, and it's the Houston offense, especially since Bill, Bill O'Brien's been gone. So they've been passing the ball more. EPA per dropback since O'Brien's been gone is through the roof for Deshaun Watson. I think he's top five in the league. Like I look at the Patriots and 22nd uh, EPA per play on offense, 20th EPA per play on defense, 25th DVOA. So yeah, there's all these close games, but like, they're a shitty football team. They don't really do anything well. Um, n- n- I'm not saying Houston is necessarily so much better, but what's what's separating these two teams right now? Coaching, maybe. And sure, that plays a factor for sure because the thought of betting on Romeo Cornell against Bill Belichick, it, it does make me want to vomit everywhere when I think about that. But um, Like yeah, out of I, every orifice or out in like different locations physically? I guess either one, really. I've never thought about it that way, but either one would be acceptable. Got it. Yeah. I, I, per, I mean, what is the line right now? Uh, one and a half, New England. Okay, I, so I took... I took Houston money line. I took plus two and a half minus 104.5 average. That's what's logged here. 
Okay. Um, I took, so I took Texans plus one twenty-two and a half money line. Yeah, I mean, I I make it I make it Houston minus a half a point basically. So, I mean, I'm a Houston okay. man. Same, same. I think we're almost the exact same number. I think I'm like Houston minus point seven or something like that. So, did you I, know that you can't win a game by half a point? You can't. You cannot. You'd have okay. to win. Well, I'm I'm kind of close to one. You're right in the middle. So. Well, I'm right, 0.56 all round. How about Denver, Miami? That's on. So it looks like it's three and a half. For the, so is well, Locke playing? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, so so I think this I think this Drew Locke injury is very unfortunate in the sense that we could have got a Miami two and a half, three, potentially. And now when this reopens, depending on who's playing, we're not going to see that number anymore. I do think the Dolphins have been lucky in the last couple of weeks. Um, their defense is much better, but overall, there has been a lot of luck involved in the, the last couple of weeks of results. A lot of luck involved. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but hmm. I, I appreciate you trying. Um, <laughs> Denver stinks, man. I, I don't know how else to say this. Like, it's been free money betting against Denver for the most part. It's a horrible team. Um, most of their offensive output has been garbage time this year. You strip out garbage time. And this offense has been like Drew Locke's been arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL that's seen at least 150 dropbacks. So um, I, I don't, there's, there is a little bit of narrative driven analysis here and, and maybe it's not narrative. Maybe there's something to it, but like Tua playing a game in the cold in altitude, Denver might actually have the highest home field advantage right now of any team. I think you can account for those highest. things. Elevation. Yeah, Sorry. I got it. Rufus, when you make a bad joke, you just got to let it land, okay. right? You can't explain it. That just makes it worse. Yeah, but Jeff, when you don't explain it, nobody even knows you made the joke. That's fine. There's like one or two listeners that realize it and they tweet me, they DM me, and they're like, that one thing you said during that episode was really funny. And I'm like, thank God. I want to oppose Rib's opinion here, actually, Go a little it. bit. I mean, I don't love Denver. But I do think Miami's overrated. I mean, look at how many – Look at. I mean, they've, they've been extremely reliant on defensive and special team scores and big plays. I mean, what, they had – how many straight games was it where they had defensive touchdowns and then last week they blocked a punt yep. and they started – what? I mean, let's see. They started four – five of their ten drives in opponent territory last week. Yep. Uh, and that doesn't even include the kneel downs at the end, so it would have been six of 11. Um, and they are, they are only a plus five in turnover differential, which doesn't seem like insanely high, but they are 20 plus 20.5 in turnover EPA, according to my numbers at least, um, which is fit. Wait, one, two, three, four, fifth in the league. Um, Denver has, is negative 44 points. They are only better than the Cowboys in turnover but, EPA. So literally, that is, that, is, that is a, that is a difference. How many is inter- interceptions? Uh, 38 points is intercepted. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, but do you think, okay, I, I agree that there's more, that there's more signal and in interceptions and fumbles, but do, um, the Dolphins are plus 19 in fumble luck, plus one in interception. L- luck meaning the result. Like it's not all luck, obviously, but um, he's retired. But Denver is negative six for fumbles, negative 38 for interceptions. So, 
I do think like, I mean, if you look at interception EPA, okay, Denver's negative 38 points. Any guess on who this, like, and if there is a team that's worse or if there isn't, what the next worst is? So Denver's got to be the worst, I'm assuming, just based off the way that this question is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Next next worst, let's say, you, you said negative 44 is the worst? Negative 38 for oh, interceptions. interceptions. Yeah. Okay, let's say negative 25 is the next worst. Negative 18, Philadelphia. Yeah. So was they the, are, was they're an guess. outlier. They're an outlier bad. Like, that is not repeatable. Like, I, I think, well, you know, well, they were negative five turnover margin against the Raiders. That was, like, I, I mean, yes, they were outplayed in the game. But, I mean, it – you know, you, when you're outplayed and you're negative five in turnover differential, it's tough. But this, but this is going to be my point, Rufus. So I, I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think we're going to get an opportunity to fade Miami. I just don't think it's Denver. I think so much of that is negative game state in general as well. And maybe you have the numbers in front of you in terms of how much of that, uh, how much of that um, negative EPA has come when they've been trailing. But they're trailing all the time. They're trailing in every single game for the majority of the game. And because of that, they have to throw more. What and if I were to tell you guys that Miami's playing the Jets next week with the Jets at home? I saw Is that. Is that saw something it. that would interest you, Rufus? I, I probably already have like put all my net worth on look-aheads there. It's, it's seven. Except the look-ahead is seven. A, asterisk left. is all that they will take, which is probably $1,000. Yeah. Well, I actually jumped on that. that. We all jump on. We'll all be on the Jets next week. I don't think so. First win of the season. I'm yeah. on Jets money line right now. Putting it down. I mean, you, you talk about back? the Broncos getting blown out every game here. Let, let's see. Okay. They were they blown out by the Falcons? They were down like they were down a lot. Thirty okay. points going into the fourth quarter. Were they blown out the by the Chargers? Yes, they were down like thirty points at or twenty okay, something okay, points. Okay. Fair point. <laughs> they were blown out losing. by the Chiefs. The, the last game I think they were winning was that Patriots game, and that's because the Patriots also stayed. And they did win that game. Hey, yes. Yeah, yeah, hey, they beat thing. the Jets handily. And the Jets, <laughs> if you beat the Jets, you're a pretty good football team. That was that's a that's bre- what I said. That was a bre- okay, I got I got one for you guys, though. The, how about the Jets Chargers? Eight and a half. Is Darnold back this week or not? No, it's Flacco. No, it's – But Flacco. one thing that is – Interesting, and I know we don't think that any skill positions matter. I don't think we think positions matter or players matter. We just bet basic strategy all the time. Um, but That's I do feel like the Jets says. actually having competent wide receivers helps them. I agree with you. Well, it, I, it makes a difference yeah. for sure. What I think mean? I think the biggest difference is like I mean, you saw Flacco. If he has time to throw, he can like actually he knows how to throw a good spiral and throw it to an accurate spot, but. He literally is a statue. Yes. He's not literally also, a statue. You realize that, Also, right? he has a tendency to not look downfield too often. Like, so early on against New England, he figured out he, like, he hit a play downfield, and then that kind of opened things up for him, and he reverted into, like, the old Flacco, the elite Flacco. Remember the, the Flacco? Yeah, Flacco for Flacco. Flacco yeah, for Flacco. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I, to, All to right, me, so what do you guys make that Chargers game? Um, I make it right around where it is right now. Rufus probably makes it like four, four and a half. I, would guess. I made it four and a half with Darnold. Bo <laughs> Flacco with, with – honestly, okay. I haven't run it with Flacco. What do you make it with Taysom Hill if Taysom Hill's his quarterback? If Taysom Hill uh, – of the Chargers or the Jets? The Jets, if he's the quarterback of the Jets. I don't know. Um, I don't know 
I don't Sorry, know. I can't come up with a witty response. Um, I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers are on the Jets. There, Rufus, or not? I bet the Jets when when everything I'd read was that Darnold was going to play, like, um, and so I bet the Jets plus nine and a half and plus nine at that point. Um, I figure I probably will have it as like seven, seven and a half with Flacco. Yeah, uh, I'm right around market now. I. I I will upgrade the Chargers of Bosa's back. I don't know. Bosa seems to have like a bad concussion, I think, because um, missed a couple weeks in a row now. So we'll see if he plays. I think the Chargers are a good teaser piece this week. I mean, they fit like the mold of a basic strategy teaser where you can tease through seven and three. Decent number. But like, honestly, my, my, my biggest complaint about the Chargers in general is their coaching. And this is not a game where they're probably going to get out coached. So Ooh. they have that working in their favor. Okay. Okay. Um, Adam Gay's crime. I got a question for you guys. What would you put okay? What is the over well, if I said no like percentage win percentage, sorry, I'm struggling here, Jeff. Win percentage in one score games the rest of the season. What's your where would you put set your over under there? For the Chargers? Yeah. I would just look at the trend line since Anthony Lynn's been the head coach and continue down that path. Cause they so, are, I mean, it's going to keep trending. So, so you're, but wait, you're going to so get, I, I, we can't I'm go saying, negative though. No. So like they, they win like what? 25% of close games because it's they ridiculous. don't, but, but like there's just teams where they, they do not know how to close out a game. And it's a lot of it is largely the play calling late in games for them. They get very conservative for the most part. They don't know what they're doing. Like Lynn has to go because if you look at the roster on paper, they should not, they're not a two and seven team. Like well, and their defense has a lot well, of and the fact that and... Herbert seems like he's pretty good or reasonable. You exactly. Know, like... Hey, it was the great Bill Parcells who said you are what your record says you are. He also yeah. says if they're going to let you cook the food, you better let them buy the groceries or whatever. So what? A lot. I want to know more about his quotes about <laughs> grocery shopping. No, it was his whole point, which is like, if you're going to coach the team, you might as well be able to pick the players. And that's why yeah. he wanted to like take over. That's like the him and Belichick and why they get to do what they do. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like some of the other people that they've given that, like Bill O'Brien should never have been cooking any food or buying any groceries. So. No. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's, it's like a miracle some of these guys last as long as they do in the league like I, I can't imagine Bill O'Brien going to ownership and being like yeah we're trading you know DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and then like saying okay just go ahead like how is that not fireable on the spot I, I don't understand how some of these guys survive in these uh, with these teams. I mean, how did the owner say yes to that? That's the real question. I, I, like, I, did, did O'Brien, like, wine and dine him? Did he make the decision when he was drunk? Man, that, 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 that's, that's going to go down as one of the worst trades in the history of sports. Of sports. Herschel yeah. Walker. Herschel Walker. Yeah. But, uh, can we, but let's, pick still, two, let's pick two okay. more NFL games to talk about. I'll, I'll pick one just because I, I have a lean. Uh, and I, I probably will bet it, but I, I find it to be interesting. So, and it probably won't interest a lot of people, but uh, Steelers and Jaguars. So why I find this to be interesting is that there's this, um, there's trends around the Steelers and their performance on the road as favorites under Mike Tomlin. Uh, and we saw this a couple weeks ago against Dallas as a big favorite, 14 points. And 
coming down to the wire. So I think a lot of people will say, you know, Jacksonville's live here. Um, I think Pittsburgh plays Baltimore next week as well. So in terms of if you're looking, you know, at the scheduling spot and that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, I like the spot. Spot, I like it. It's like I, spot. I, I think the Steelers are going to absolutely dust the Jaguars this week. Like, dust them. Whoa. Yes. That was, I that agree. That a whole different way. Rob, I completely agree with you here. I so took the I, I laid the points too. So I think that uh, well, like this doesn't this doesn't isn't part of the blackjack book that the the sharps use to because most of those guys you lose your bet, sharp card. They, they would take have. the ten points with the the home underdog. That's part of the blackjack book. But this is for, for me like I'll start with my own narrative. First, you need to surrender your sharp card, right here. Surrender. Give it to us. I will split. Rufus, my... Rufus wanted Rufus wanted a sharp card one day, so he can take yours. I'll split the analysis into two, just to keep the blackjack references going. Um, I think, from a narrative point of view, which I buy into, um, for this, that Pittsburgh also almost losing to Dallas, I think makes them not overlook Jacksonville in this spot. Like it, it's a very. <laughs> I, you know what I'm getting at, though. Like, it, it, I know it sounds dumb, but like it, the fact, it, like it doesn't sound dumb, but it does sound like what every other person would say on a radio station okay. or a TV station that's trying to like make a case for Pittsburgh. Let me start. Let, the analysis should start with I make this game 13. That's what the first analysis piece should be. Then right. it's then it's more into um, looking for reasons to potentially not bet this. That's like my process in general, and I can't really find them other than. Yeah, the Steelers historically under Tomlin are not good, but Jake Luton last week, like Jake Luton's Luton, yeah, it's Luton. I always say Luton. I think it's, it's Juiced Luton. Yeah, Jake, Jake Luton, he sucks, man. Like, did, I, did you see that spin move though he did against that? That was pretty was good. I was like, yeah. As someone that was holding a Texans minus six and a half ticket, that was an insane spin move that just pained me for years. So one of the games I watched this week. Don't ask me why, but um, in full was Jacksonville, Green Bay. Um, I'm high on Green Bay this week and low on Jacksonville because I think the wind or the weather conditions strongly impacted that game from what I watched. Uh, at least Green Bay's game planning just in general. It looked like Rodgers took a couple shots downfield early in the game. He had Robert Tanyan open for like pretty much a touchdown and the wind like clearly took it. The he wind just, blows. Yeah. So they you know, just he doesn't play. have a strong arm. He can't, he can't. Cut the ball through the wind, right? They went to the very – it was strong winds. Like, we're talking gusts of, like, 40 miles an hour last week. Rufus, so that shit would blow you down. It's true. Yeah. Me, me and Rufus, like, there's no way we – You guys are waves. Like, For me, it would do nothing to me. But, like, I, I think we're, we're – there's, a, like, a little bit of an overreaction based off of the conditions of last so week. So, do you like the Packers against the Colts? I do. Oh, I do. Interesting. They're getting Jair. You kind of buried the lead there. Wait, wait, I, I, want, I want to keep going with this Pittsburgh game, though. Okay, go go. Because I want to be able to talk about how I agree with you. Okay, like, go. This what is do a you rarity. make the line, Rufus? I make the line 13.7, so I'm close to Rob here. Despite the fact that Pittsburgh has been, like, extremely lucky to, or extremely fortunate in terms of turnovers and all that stuff. But, but they um, – here, where's my notes? Um, yeah, and despite the fact that I thought that the, the final score against Cincinnati was a little bit deceptive – they were not like, I mean, they had an edge like 
5.8 to five yards per play in the first three quarters when the game wasn't completely in doubt and only 39% to 35% play success rate. Instead of that, he was 0 for 13 on third downs. So like that's, they, they got a little fortunate there, but I still think I've been pretty high in Pittsburgh, like throughout the, I mean, throughout the season. Um, and I think the big thing here is that Jacksonville without like their offense was the one thing that kind of made them a live team. Yeah. And without Minshew with, with, with Juice Luton at quarterback, fresh from, from Juice Luton, Dutch. I like that. That's yeah. a good one. Fresh from the Netherlands, um, he didn't qualify for the Masters, so he became the Jaguars' backup quarterback. Um, yeah, they don't. Know to, yeah, I think that. Um, that now you're just laughing at your own jokes hysterically. Those are the best jokes, though. Those are how you know they're really good ones when <laughs> the person telling them laughs at their own jokes. Okay, last game. Like, tell us about Green Bay Indy. What do you guys both make that game? Um, I make Green Bay a small favorite now uh, with the news today that Jair Alexander will be back for them. So they're going to have their top cornerback back. Um, there's some concern about Devontae Adams, which I don't know now. Like, I'm assuming he's going to be in. Um, so he left the game in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville last week. Early reports are that he was going to play, but today they you know they announced that it's not a guarantee. They get Alan Lazard back, so they're going to have their full complement of receivers if Adams plays. Um, but just in general, one thing about the Packers is if you strip out the wind games for them this year, games that have been played in extreme wind and run their numbers, their offense has been performing at an elite clip, like absurd clip. And I know that the Colts' defense is good, but Rodgers in a dome, good conditions, has every game he's played in good conditions this year, he's carved up the opposing defense. And listen, I, I, so again, let's start with my number. I make Green Bay a small favorite. That's how I'm justifying it here before anyone, like, you know. I, before, I, before I told you that if be, you look before at the, I tell you the, that it's the drives Rogers, that the Jets didn't punt, they actually were pretty good. Well, listen, like, it's, it's not as simple as Aaron Rodgers versus Phil Rivers, but it kind of is. Like, if, if, if you're going to give me a, a, a pick-up pick matchup in a, a game that's, like, very little home field right now in the NFL, good conditions, I know who I, which quarterback I want in that situation. And it's not as simple as that in the NFL, but I'm sure that's factoring into my number aggressively. Um, is how good that the Packers offense has been this year. And the fact that I think that their secondary will be a, a lot better with Jair Alexander back. He's, Bruce, I mean, what do you make that game? So, so I make it two and a half. I make it right where, is that where it still is? That's where it was. It's one and a half now. It's down to one and a half. Okay. But I mean, Indy was dominant last week. Yep. Um, they, you know, I had them as the number one graded team by, by a mile. They had 6.2 to 4.9 yards per play advantage, 59% to 47% success rate. Um, and 6.2 yards per play when their average snap was at the opponent's 38-yard line. That's, that's something. Yep. Like, they had 21 red snaps inside the red zone. I mean, it's, it's hard to get a lot of yards when you're inside the opponent's 20-yard line. Just Wait, why is that? Well, is I'm going to leave that to your imagination. Um, just like me and my, um, me and my water polo high school photo. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for Tony to get me that picture. 
my God. If you guys want to actually know what the hell we're talking about, it's like Monday's Tony Kornheiser podcast. The first four minutes is about Rufus's brother fleecing his poor prep school teachers in their golf pools based on Rufus's golf picks. Wait, I want to say this. It's not based on my golf picks. Like, I literally don't communicate with my brother about golf. So, I, I, so I'm really, really impressed. Wait, so you literally don't. So you've never talked to him about the Masters. You We're never actually played golf with him. I'm going to have to pull his phone records for sure. Yeah, like, this is the sure. most blatant we, lie we play, ever we, play, we play golf, but and he probably knows. And you're like, going to have to look up the He doesn't literally. ask me like, oh, who should I pick for my pool? That's what I'm saying. Unless, unless we, he probably unless just knows and, that you should pick Rom and McElroy every week. That's just because he doesn't ask because Rufus just tells him. He doesn't need, need to ask the question. Rufus just says, "Here are the guys. Go lock it in, and that's it." Lock um, it in. Have we entered a new that's era in golf? Is next year going to be the Dustin Johnson year? It, it depends if he gets back on on the powder or not. That's not fair. No, I mean hey. that's not fair. Dustin listens to this podcast. He's going to be upset. All right. All right. Well, I think that's good. Unless there's any other NFL games you want to talk about. Um, Looking through my notes. I actually took notes this week. Uh, Rams and Bucks. Bucks are catching money this on, uh, on Monday night. So they're up to, looks like four in some spots. Juice three and a half. Um, I think we disagree on this one, Rufus. But I, I missed you like the Bucks. I do, but I, I missed the number. Um, I've laid uh, off so far, actually. My numbers like it, but my business partner hasn't bet it because um, because there's like other numbers that we respect that don't like it. So yeah, I mean, that for me, cryptic. For yeah. me. I thought we thought the Rams defense was a thing. Didn't we talk about the last time? It is. Well, like the Rams defense is a thing, but I think the Bucks defense against Goff, like Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. They're going to blitz the shit out of Goff. And, and they don't have Whitworth. And they don't have Whitworth, exactly. I mean, like, it's going to be a problem. Who's old Rams. and decrepit, but still better well, than what they're going to bring out there. under in that game? Because I know we're always looking to bet NFL unders these days. That's what I was I about am. to get at, Jeff. I mean, it's so tough to bet an under nowadays. Like, unless – I took an under last week. It was uh, Cleveland under, like, 50 or something like that. Pure, if, if, it's, if it's good conditions, I'm not taking an under in the NFL right now. I still don't think the Cleveland game is insane. Our second, num- our second half numbers popped, and, of course, we like the over in that game. And, I, and normally when that happens, like in a weather situation, it's a huge overreaction and I usually still bet it. And I looked at it and I was like, there's no chance I'm betting this. Yeah. No chance. But it, actually if Chubb, if Chubb had scored that touchdown, it would have come in. Yes. So you didn't bet it. I didn't bet it. By the way, that Chubb touchdown, I didn't realize this, like, cause I looked, I was watching the masters and I was, then I looked to see how our early games did. And I saw like, okay, we had Houston plus four. I was like, oh, that was a loss, right? And then I looked at the scores because I thought it was like 17 nothing. No, it was like 10 to 7. And I had no idea what happened. I watched the highlights and, well, and Houston, saw that. Well, Houston actually had a, a, a first and goal early in the game that would have changed the whole complexion. Did they go for it on fourth down? They went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. And they went for the it on fourth down. The analytics were wrong. Like, 
it was for sure a situation they should have gone for. Um, but, okay, so here's the thing that's crazy about that Chubb play. Like, he should have just scored the touchdown. Well, I mean, there's I, 20 I seconds it, left. You're not going to, like, be able to get 10 points in 20 seconds. It, it was no. like – I think it was like 48 seconds. So, I bet Cleveland minus three, minus 105 last week. Like, great number. Was really upset. But I'm not – I'm like – I still think he made the right call. Like, even though it's just small percentage points, he, he did what was, like, the best – like that was the best outcome for them as a team was him. Now he should have stayed in bounds. He should have kneeled. Right. But it didn't point. matter because he was still kneeled down anyway. Well, they have to snap the ball is the difference. So there's uh, one extra snap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'll say like he was smart to get that extra 57 rushing yards or whatever. <laughs> so, so he helps his stat sheet there at least. Well, I, I, I don't know how Nick Chubb's co- uh, contract is structured, but I'm assuming there's no touchdown clause in there or else he's scoring there, right? Um, I, I, if, he, if there yeah, is... All, I, all I'm saying is it wasn't yeah. nearly like the girly situation the, where against like the, 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 the recent line. girly situation... The, 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 the cost them the game, situation. right? Did yep. it cost them the game? Yep. It's different when, when, you, yeah. when, you're, when it's a one-score game versus a two-score game. When it yep. becomes a two-score game... Just score the touchdown. And this is coming – I had the Texans plus four, so I was more than glad that he did it. But I felt like that was a sort of silly thing for him to do. He just should run it in at that point. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't – like, I, I haven't seen – so NFL Films had the audio of the Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley uh, in the huddle that time, right, where Ryan's like, don't score, make, make sure you don't get in the end zone, and he ended up scoring anyways. I wonder if there was something that was communi- – I haven't seen any audio of this week or something communicated to him directly in the huddle or to the, to the team saying like, if, if we pick up a, a big gainer here, or first down, just go down. Um, I think that's, that like, would make Trump Trump had sense, said that, right? Had Trump like, had you said get that the first Mayfield down, had said go, that. Yeah. You get but the first down and you I go down. I get it. How often are you thinking point, about that when you're your own 30 yard line? Well, let, let me finish this for this. So like, if you get the first down and you go down, I get why that's smart because you can get caught from behind. You can do a Leon let, whatever. But at that point, he's almost in the end zone. Just run into the end zone. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he did the right thing. I mean, at the end of the day, if he scored, no one is talking about the fact that he scored. Like, this isn't a conversation this week, right? Because they were going to win the game regardless. I get it. But, like, whatever. I mean – I kind of like that players are thinking probabilistically now a little bit. I, I think it's cool, uh, to be honest, even though it really fucked me. I last. mean, they are not thinking probabilistically. Well, at least someone on the on, yeah, that's on the-, the problem. Like it's critical thinking, right? Like at it, it, on like that moment in time, score the effing touchdown. There's the, the, the it's on the margin. That what Todd Gurley did, did was like ridiculous. End the game. Todd Gurley, I think, tried to stop. He just didn't do it at the time. But like, he got through. Like, so, I don't so think he knew where he stuff, was. That, so what, what I don't like about the Todd Gurley play is why even run the ball? Just take a knee. Line it up right in the middle. Take a knee. You run Todd Gurley, you run the risk of run, scoring a touchdown, which is what happened. A fumble, anything. Just take a knee. You don't need to try to score there. Or, yeah. or you, I mean, but if, you, if you have enough faith that he will stop, like, 
you know, I mean, Rufus, they had to get to the to four, what but they had mean. to get to the four yard line for the first down. So you're right; it was a situation where it, it wasn't like explain to me what what you gained by getting him to the one yard line and having him stop. Well, you get to kneel down versus you, you, well, you no, they the, would have kneeled down anyways in that in that Atlanta game, and then gained the a difference field goal? between a nine, yes. the success right. the success rate of an eighteen yard field goal versus the success rate of a twenty four yard field goal. So I don't know what that number wait, is. Wait, I'm tr- wait. So, so they would have run the clock all the way down and kicked the field goal to win the game with Correct. zero time left. Okay, yes. yeah. In that, in that point, you should just take any. Yeah, I agree. There's, Why there's, even I'm, let your t- your team make that stupid decision? I completely agree. And like again, like, they'll in say, that well, game, you know what? In that game, I had Detroit plus whatever three and a half or whatever it was in that game. So I was like incredulous about it. I was oh, just like, this is insane. Yep. So, but like for me, it's like. What makes me insane is like the illogical nature of it, right? Like, if Nick Chubb had scored a touchdown there to beat me, I would have been like, I, you know, that happens. Like, that's that happens. Like, it's not illogical for him to have scored the touchdown. No, I I agree. I mean, I, I, like I said, like if he had scored, no one's talking about that this week. Like, yeah. because it, it didn't matter. Like, it, I know it does matter technically speaking by like point. Oh, one percent or whatever. I mean, more than that, probably, but it doesn't matter. So, uh, either either way, but I, I'm I'm not I'm not bitter that he went out of bounds, even though that would have been it was a big play for me. So I I would have not. What I want you to do, Rob, is bet some Mac football. Watch it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and see how ridiculous the end of those game situations are. <laughs> it's like I, a to- I can never I can't win a Mac game. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Rob, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll still have you on, even though you're a former Tau, and it's nice to have you on. And I feel bad, like, trashing Dustin Johnson now. I really do. Like, I'm a fan of his. I, I just, like – I just, was just messing with you. He doesn't really listen to this podcast. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, know. I, would, I think there's, like, probably a dozen listeners of this podcast, and maybe, like, six Seven. of them are my, are my friends that I, I send the links to just because uh, I, I – Hey guys, I was on a podcast this week. You want to listen? <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, guys. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded.